coming up. Readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland-approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb stormlight. Hone sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, ones of alteration? Go ahead and tune yourself to the rhythm of excitement because Stephen and Phantology have another Rhythm of War pre-release chapter recap review right now. Sorry for the corny Stormlight dad joke, but had to do it. So chapter 14, this was another Venley chapter. We got a lot from the fused and a little bit of unmade stuff, kind of more like wider oath pact braze roshar type things here and then eventually at the end we now have a battle i mean it seems like a, a pretty big deal here but at least we have a, a plan of action that the fused are going to be undertaking against our main guys so let's break it down here before i do so if you like phantology check us out at www.phantologybooks.com i cover rhythm of war the pre-release chapters every week but we also cover other Brandon Sanderson stuff, other fantasy books from Dresden Files, which we are wrapping up. We're, we're current there. We're going to be reviewing these short stories soon. We cover Joe Abercrombie. We cover Robert Jordan and Wheel of Time. We have a Mistborn episode. We need to do more of those. Red Rising, Lycanius. What I mean, all kinds of stuff. We have, we have over 70 episodes now. Lord of the Rings. I mean, everyone likes Lord of the Rings, right? Harry Potter to try to appeal to the mainstream. So if you'd like to support Phantology, just go ahead and listen there. We also have a Patreon account where you can sign up, get exclusive access to some things on Discord, as well as we're going to start doing early access to episodes. And we also just kind of grant you like extra insight into Phantology and input on what we should cover and, and read next. So let's get started with chapter 14. So Navani is again going to tell us a little bit about Fabrials. This time we learned that they kind of leak Stormlight as they're used. And then she hints at Logic Spren are important, I guess, for some unknown reason. I guess we will see why. You know, nice little uh, tantalizing thing here. I'm assuming that this will be cleared up in the very next chapter. Going on to the action. So here we are in Kolinar. And the palace is gone and it places this new kind of cool alien palace built by this other fused type called the altered ones, the ones of alteration. These guys are more of like engineer scientist type guys. This, I kind of get this visual of like, a, I don't know, playing Halo or something. And there's this like alien structure or any real sci-fi movie where you have this thing with like jagged, maybe like in, in Superman Man, I'm going to kind of out myself as being a Superman noob here, a DC Comics noob. But I know in that movie, at least, there is um, something that comes down that they go into and it seems very alien. Anyway, it's kind of the visual that I get here with this uh, with this new palace in Kolinar. Kind of a cool visual. This is the setting for the chapter. We learned that there's a new group of Fused that is coming and Leshwi 
is concerned about this, and we will learn why in a little bit. We get some insight into Venley's character, which I liked because I felt like after this chapter, I connected with her more. Venley is still a little self-absorbed, kind of longs for this recognition and power that she thinks is her due because she always kind of sees herself as smarter and more capable than everyone else. And, you know, she's the the last singer and is Odium's mouthpiece a little bit. And she wants to be recognized a little bit more. But as she has these thoughts, Tambor kind of warns her, you know, not to get this from Odium and instead focus on preserving the singer culture. And that's going to be Venley's way of getting some recognition, kind of getting her due. And I think this is a nice little subplot here with Venley. So we go into the palace and there are the leaders of the fuse. And these guys are called the Nine. And they are kind of imprisoned inside these pillars that have grown around them. The Nine obviously represents the different orders of fused. I imagine, I mean, it doesn't say this right out, but I imagine each one of them is from one of the different orders. And it's a little bit analogous to the five that the singers used to have in the first two books or yeah, second and third book really before that whole thing kind of fell apart. It's also a little similar. I mean, like there's a character in game of Thrones called the three eyed Raven. That is similar to this structure, not to give any spoilers song of ice and fire. And we learned that odium is present here at this gathering kind of indicated by the rhythm that the nine are humming to. And Venley doesn't really recognize it, but she thinks, okay, this is of odium. Got to be on my guard. There's some speculation immediately on the new flying bridge ship Fabriel that the humans have. I mean, we know it's called the fourth bridge, but the singers fused Pierre are a little concerned about this because the humans have never before been this scientifically advanced, but also they're way behind in terms of being Knights Radiant and having oaths. And this is interesting, a little bit of a contrast here from previous desolations and fights that the fused have been involved in we learned that the suppressor fabriel thing the anti-stormlight thing that kaladin had to deal with in the previous chapters was lost obviously that appeared to have been given to lesian the pursuer by the nine and was lost and so they're not super pleased about this we get a little bit more about this dude lesian he seems like a real jerk and he has this tradition of always you know avenging his death of killing the mortal that kills him, and he's going to go beyond any other battle plans or agreements from the fused, and he must kill and get uh, vengeance upon himself. So, you know, a real, a real job here, real, real tool. Lesian, not a fan. I'm assuming he's going to be annoying, and eventually we'll probably take care of him. But we're, we're kind of setting up some new villains here. One thing about Stormlight Archive right now is, you know, the big bads thus far. I mean, Odium obviously, but the ones that we are a little more emotionally attached to, like Sadius and Amaran, that we had real reasons for hating because of wrongs that they had personally done to our characters, Kaladin specifically, those guys have kind of been taken care of. And although there are more villains out there, obviously, I don't have this hatred towards them quite as much. I guess Moash is the closest. I mean, some people really hate Moash. I mean, look up some subreddits and there are some thriving communities there but i feel like i really disliked sadius and amram the most and they've both been taken care of so interested to see if i can get the same level of dislike towards the new crop of villains here as we get into the fourth book 
Now we get a recap of the Oath Pact a little bit. We learn some more about the Desolations. The main takeaway here is that the Fused can die and return over and over during a Desolation until the Heralds go back to Braze and lock them away. I don't know if we knew that exactly before, but it makes sense. And Venley kind of thinks like, okay, wow, there's a lot of singers here that are dying to make this happen because every time the Fused come back, they take over a new body. Lest we... We like her a little bit more after this chapter, at least I do. She seems to be fairly level-headed and could potentially be an ally to the Knights Radiant. We'll see. Some people are even shipping Kaladin, and Leshwi, we'll see about that one. But Leshwi here actually claims Kaladin as basically her prey, her mark here, which makes Lesian even matter than he already is. It seems to be his default, and he stomps off. and. Venli thinks, actually, maybe Lushwi is protecting Kaladin here a little bit. We'll see what happens. Venli is observing these cracks in the fuse that, th that she thinks that she can get into, and hopefully she can. It's going to have some long-term effects on her ability to establish you know, her new colony here of singers if she can break out of the fused somehow. And now we get another villain coming onto the scene. This new fused, this is probably the fuse that Lushwi was concerned about that was that was coming back at the beginning of the chapter. So this fuse name is Raboniel. I guess we'll wait and see how that's pronounced in the audiobook. She's one of the previous nine, and she enters, and we get a little bit about her. Apparently, the last time around, she released this pandemic that killed a tenth of the human population, literally decimated them. It killed one out of 100 singers. So... She's very ruthless and evil, and she has this plan to take Yurithiru. That seems pretty... Like, we're worried about this plan. It's, it seems like it's going to succeed and cause our, our, our guys some problems And there. She has some interesting details about Yurithiru as well. She says the sibling, first of all, is dead. And then she says it's essentially a dead eye. So not entirely a dead eye. Essentially a dead eye. We'll see what that means. I mean, that makes sense that there's something going on with the sibling. Otherwise, you, you think your theory should have woken up. So I'm really interested to see what this is. I think a very important point coming out of this that I feel like I should be able to figure out, but I'm not quite able to put my finger on it. She says the suppression Fabriel came from the tower, from the from Yurithiru. And okay, the technology came from something that the sibling was powering. And now that the sibling is essentially a dead eye, the tower's defenses can then be used against the owners. And gosh, it seems like there's enough pieces here where we should be able to figure out what this exactly means in terms of what's going on with your theory. Let me know what your theories are. If you'd like to chat with us, Phantology, you can join our Discord. Links to be invited are in our episode descriptions that we'll post and in our uh, social media profiles you can find at phantology underscore books. So hop on Discord and join our hashtag rhythm of war hype channel and let us know what theories you have or just drop them in the comments. Seems like we should be able to figure something out. I, I wish I had something better to come with. Haven't been able to think about this one quite as long yet. So the rest of Raboniel's plan is that the Elscaller and the Bondsmith need to be lured away 
because their oaths may be enough to push through the suppression that she's planning on triggering from the tower's defenses. She thinks they can take everyone else, but Yasna and Dalinar could potentially be problematic. She thinks that someone has achieved the fourth ideal. We're assuming it's Yasna probably because of everything that we saw her thrown out in Oathbringer, and we just haven't got enough detail. I assume it's Yasna at least. I mean, maybe they think it's Kaladin mistakenly, but if it's anyone, it's Yasna. She talks about how the Unmade have done something similar, meaning pushed through the suppression technology, and maybe that's how they got into year three in Oathbringer in part one when Shallan dispatched that Unmade. Maybe that that's interesting too. I feel like there may be something there that we could tease out. Feels like we're kind of hinting at a lot of things, but Brandon is doing this just in enough uh, nebulous detail here where it's pretty maddening. So then they say, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, it's very heavily guarded to get into year three. We totally failed last time. They say, well, we have some guys on the inside here. We have Teravangian's knowledge and an inner circle agent to get into the heart of the tower. So this is concerning again. Mm, let me know who you think this is. Is it? Are they just talking about Teravangian double? I kind of got the vibe that there was someone else who would actually like open the door for them and get the group into the center of year three where they can activate the gemstone there. I guess we'll see. And then furthermore, other than the plan that Ravoniel talks about, Leshwi speculates that there is another plan here that is just for her own benefit. She has zero trust for her fellow unmade. So the nine are kind of agreeing. Venley thinks the whole time, the whole meeting was a show and that this had already been agreed to in the background. And then Vire, Vire, we've seen him before. We know who this guy is. Moash comes in and interrupts and he says, well, how are you guys going to deal with Stormblessed? And Rabaniel's not too concerned about this. But Vire says, well, you know, I think Kaladin is going to be a problem for you guys. So you better deal with them. But she just kind of says, eh, whatever, we'll handle it. And then Vire says, okay, you know, suit yourself. Freaking Moash. I I'm thinking we're kind of set up for a conflict with like almost five or six different sides. We've got like the Venley side. We've got the Unmade side. We've got maybe Teravangians guys. We've got the, obviously got the Ghostbloods. Maybe Moash has his own part to play. There's a lot of groups here with different self-interests that I think is setting up for some really nice conflict. So I'm excited to see what happens there. So Venley and Leshwi kind of join up with Urbaniel and agree to be her underlings here a little bit and are going to be part of the infiltration. And I should also mention that Ravaniel is really concerned that the humans have imprisoned, they've imprisoned the unmade and will soon do the same to the fused. So that's really kind of triggering her push to move quickly. That's how she explains this move to Leshwi, at least. Again, we really kind of like Leshwi more after this chapter. So they're going to be on the inside here. Not really sure exactly, you know, are they going to be on the side of the Knights Radiant? Are they just going to undermine Ravaniel? Are they just going to gather information? We will see. Leshwi talks to Venli and she tells Venli, you know, the best way for you to reform your singer society here is just to, you know, continue to be on my side and defeat the humans. And then eventually Odium will be satisfied at that point. The unmade and the fused will kind of fade away. And then you can have Roshar back and be how it used to be. And Venli's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. She does not fall for that, probably because she's been 
a party to Odium directly and knows that, you know, Odium is pretty much a force of nature and is not going to go for this, is not going to let his grip go. And that is how the chapter ends with this strong sense of foreboding and nice setup for future conflicts. So a little bit of a shorter review this time, but thanks for sticking with me. If you like Phantology, again, check us out online at www.phantologybooks.com on social media at Phantology Books. Check out our Patreon. Links to that will again be in the episode descriptions. And anything that you would be willing to support us with, it will go directly back into the podcast, paying hosting fees and editing fees and, and getting these episodes out as fast as possible costs a little bit of money. So, you know, any support is greatly appreciated. So thanks for listening and check out next week's video where we'll talk, be talking chapter 15 as well as everything else that Phantology does and share, support, like, sub, all those good things. See you guys next time.